So this is a little interactive tonight. So I need, the questions that I ask will be not rhetorical. I want you to shout out the answer as we dig into this passage a little bit. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. This is a promise. Question for you. Who is this promise written to? Right in the verse. Those who wait on the Lord. This is only a promise for Lord waiters. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Those whose lives are characterized by waiting on the Lord. In fact, this is called a participle. It's a type of construction that is that, that has a beginning. There is a time when everyone in this room or who is listening to this, even maybe you were five years old, maybe you were 50 years old, there was a time when you began to wait upon the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you truly began to wait on the Lord, you are right every day. Your life is characterized by one waiting on the Lord. And there will be a time when that waiting, that is culminated, and when the waiting is over, and faith turns into sight. So what is this word waiting? Some of your translations rightly translate that word waiting as hope. This, if you think about it, hope is when you look forward to the future of of what's coming for you, and it's a certain reality, and you grab a hold of future grace that will be revealed to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. You grab a hold of that by faith, and it's real. It's as good as done. It's not like the hope that the Vikings might win the first game against Cincinnati. That's not the same thing. Certainty. This is a metaphor. This waiting could be hope. It's it's a, it's, a, it's a way of thinking about faith. So that was the first question. This promise, listen, if you're not a Lord waiter, if you've never waited upon the Lord or refused as a Christian to wait upon the Lord, this promise is only for those who wait upon the Lord. Are you one who waits upon the Lord? What is the promise? Look at it. You answer it in the text. Look down, verse 31. What is the main promise? Shout it out. Yes, those who wait for the Lord, good, will gain new strength. What's another translation that you have out there? Shall renew their strength. Any others? Any other ones? No other ones out there? Okay, so gain new strength or renew new strength. That's the promise. And the other, the other lines we're going to see will give some more information, but they're not the primary promise. We'll gain new strength. I, like the, I think a good translation is renew. The Hebrew could be translated, they will be caused, those who 
are Lord waiters. Those are ones waiting upon the Lord shall be caused to renew their strength. It's really, it's, it's not like the Lord waiters are pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and giving themselves power here. They wait for it. And this is what's called a divine passive. God himself is the power giver. He is the renewer of strength. I love that word for renew. The idea of that word is a barren land, brown and lifeless. And before the rain, we could really relate to it. And not only a barren land, but I want to think of a scorched land. It's burned. Yet, three weeks later, you look, and there's a sprout. There's green that's popping through the barrenness and the burntness. That is this Hebrew word. It's the renew. It's, it's the, the idea of grass sprouting again in barrenness and burnt ground. You say, that's, that's kind of harsh. That's the Christian life. That is the Christian life. Burnt ground, and yet God renews you, and so you're like a green grass that sprouts again through the earth. My aunt, (laughs) okay, headaches, gout, osteoporosis, fractures, shingle in her in her eye so she couldn't see well, long-term diabetes with complications, major GI issues, one stroke, can't speak, second stroke, gone. And in each of those trials, and even at the end, she would whisper, God has taken care of us so far and he will take care of us now. They that wait upon the Lord Shall that is a barren ground. That's the that's the that's the power of God sprouting in her life. That is what it means. That's the promise. That in the barrenness, those who wait upon the Lord, He will sprout the greenness of new strength, daily strength. Listen, daily strength to press on to the upward call of God. In Christ Jesus. Now, what will this promised strength look like? We kind of have a picture of it, but Isaiah wants us to know more. And so he gives us these three metaphors of what it looks like to gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. This is the ultimate picture of what it looks like. This is the full and final manifestation of gaining new strength. When you, the grounded one, Come on, Christian, do you ever feel like you're just stuck on the ground? When the grounded ones take flight like the eagle and rise up and mount up on wings like eagles, that sets it apart. The other two phrases are parallel in the Hebrew. They belong together. That's the ultimate gaining of new strength. Ultimately, when you fly up, And I think it's a metaphor and a picture, ultimately, of being face-to-face with God. They will what? Look at at how parallel. They will run and not get tired. Will they feel tired? Is there going to be weariness in this life? 
Do they feel like they might give up their race? If they don't get new strength, that their strength is not renewed, uh, they will walk and not become weary because the mud of this present journey home is thick. And so we have to understand that there's a dryness in this life. Sometimes there is a, you feel grounded, you feel like given up on your race, and you feel like you're stuck in the mud. And it's at that moment we have to stop and we need to remember that we are the Lord waiters. We wait upon the Lord. We don't give ourselves strength. We wait upon the Lord and he shall renew our strength. Now, I have a question for you. I think many of you are going through different things. Um, There's a lot of stress in this world right now. I don't know the half of your stories, but I know you're going through it. I want you to know that barrenness, groundedness, weariness, and faintness is, is what it is. And this is not, this is, this is reality. But, yet, did you notice that first word? Yet, I wonder why that's there. Yet, those who wait on the Lord. It's because verse 29 says, in the context, he gives strength to the weary. Or if you weren't convinced that we actually do get weary, he gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired and vigorous, young men stumble badly, yet those who wait upon the Lord. You say, can God do this? Is he going to fulfill this promise? Answer, is he able to do that? Well, let's look in Isaiah 40, verse 15. Behold, the nations are like a drop from the bucket and are regarded as a speck of dust on the scales. Behold, he lifts up the islands like fine dust. Even Lebanon is not enough to burn, nor its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are regarded by him as less than nothing and meaningless. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare with him? Look at verse 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. It is he it is who reduces rulers to nothing and makes the judges of the earth meaningless. Scarcely have they been planted. Scarcely have they been sown. Scarcely has their stock taken root in the earth. He merely blows on them and they wither. And the storm carries them away like stubble. To whom then will you liken me that I would be his equal, says the Holy One. Then he says, watch this. It's a metaphor for waiting on the Lord. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name, because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. But what do we say to that? Here's what we say, verse 27. Why do you say? Here's what we say. Why do we say it? But we say it. Why do we say, O Jacob, O church, and assert, O Israel, 
My way is hidden from the Lord, and the justice due me escapes the notice of my God. Why do we say that when we have a God like this? He sees us. He's powerful to save us. Do you not know, verse 28, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he does not become weary or tired. His understanding is inscrutable. He gives strength to the weary, and to him who lacks might, he increases power. Though youths grow weary and are tired, and vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So let me ask that question again. Does the God you serve, is he able to answer this promise in the context of Isaiah 40? Yes, he is. And yes, he will. And so we believe the New Testament promises that say the same thing, that he who began a good work in us will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And I am persuaded neither death nor life nor angels, nor demons, nor any other created thing, nor principalities or powers, right? Will we be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord? And I'm telling you that we don't just wait on the Lord generically. The Lord waiters, the Lord waiters wait on the Lord specifically. Do you look at the very first verse of Isaiah chapter 40. Look at it. The first 39 chapters of Isaiah are condemnation. From 40 on, it's comfort. It's comfort, and he begins, look at verse 1, and this is forms kind of a beginning and the end of this chapter. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Not judgment now, Double grace for all her sins, for mercy triumphs over judgment. This is about comfort because our iniquity is gone. The very first moment we waited upon the Lord, we received comfort. Our iniquity was gone as far as the east is from the west, and we continued to hope in God. We, We continued to wait on God because now at the second coming of Christ, we're not expecting judgment anymore. No, it's gone in Christ. When he comes, he will bring relief, and he will bring hope, and we, when we see him, we'll be like him. And that is our great hope that we wait on. We, we wait on that hope, future, because of that finished work that is described in the, in the, in the uh, purging of our iniquities and the forgiveness of our iniquities. And this is Old Testament stuff. So, are you a Lord waiter? You don't stop. You waited at age 27, 30, whatever age you started to wait upon the Lord. But I'll tell you what, a Christian is a Lord waiter, and we need him desperately. Christian, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. I know it's dry. I know it's burnt and you feel grounded. Wait upon the Lord, dear brother, dear sister, and he shall renew your strength. And you're going to run your race, and you're going to make it home. And you're going to walk, and it's going to be muddy, but you're going to finish. And you know what? We will rise up on wings as eagles. 
And when we see him, we will be like him. My aunt is there with him now, face to face with the living Christ. The hope of Isaiah 40, 31 has been realized for her five days ago, fully and ultimately.